This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Lay your head down on my shoulder, don't hold it in your hands. Tell me all your troubles and I'll try to understand. I know your heart's still tender and I know that it still hurts But things can only get better when it seems they can't get any worse Hello and welcome to the Fighting Stigma Show here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media, and also on Raglan Community Radio, Arrow FM, Otago Access Radio, and Radio Kidnappers. I'm your host, Vanessa, and today I'm doing part two of what's probably going to be about a four or five part thinking and feeling series. So last week I just did the discussion, the start of the thought about how thoughts and emotions are related and how they connect and how quite often when something happens and we have an emotion, there's actually a thought in between the activating event and the emotion that we experience. And today we're just going to go into a whole bunch of unhelpful thinking or unhelpful thought thinking styles because it's kind of like an intermediary (laughs) section I just need to cover all the different ways we actually think about stuff and see how many of these ring true for you and then next week I start getting into how do we analyze our thinking and how what can we what steps can we take to kind of get started and kind of going hey tackling that whole well when this stuff happens I always feel this and like is that actually can I change that and this is one of the ways that I found that's been really really helpful to kind of start doing that. But before we get into all that juiciness today, uh, I want to get a quick word about our sponsor, Progress to Health. Progress to Health believes in creating communities without barriers, and to achieve that we tailor supports to adults experiencing mental health and or disabilities, based on their goals to encourage recovery, independence and community involvement. Progress to Health has teams that provide peer support, recovery education, workshops, employment preparation and support, including navigation with other services. Service users are allocated a community support facilitator on referral depending on their goals to mental recovery and achievement. We have offices in Hamilton, Tokoroa and New Plymouth. So if that sounds like something you or someone you know might be interested in and you are in the Waikato DHB region, Tauranaki or Taupo, um, then have a listen to this ad I'm about to play um, for Progress South and get in touch with us. At Progress to Health, we provide a range of support for those who have experienced mental illness. People who have dealt with mental illness and associated disabilities are supported holistically to maximise their potential. We want to empower your journey to recovery. Check out our website, www.progresstohealth.org.nz or call us free on 0800 77 57 57. Now, don't worry if you missed any of the contact details for Progress to Health. I do play that ad again at the very end of the show. So come back and have a listen and you'll be able to you'll stick around, have a listen, and you'll be able to grab all those details. Now, just be aware we are having a few technical hitches with our 0800 number. So the best number to ring us on is a Hamilton number 07. 838-0302 and that gets connected to someone um, and there's also an answer phone on there so you'll be able to get through to somebody. 
Right, so let's jump straight into unhelpful thinking styles. Now, if you might not have heard that term, uh, and I know some people don't really kind of like that like this sort of concept uh, they do different things but I find it's quite helpful for me for analyzing my thinking to notice the times I'm shoulds and musts I should and must myself all the time I really should be doing and I must get that done um, and all or nothing thinking is um, one of my things it's like if I don't get it completely right there's no point in doing it I'm completely wrong uh, which of course causes all sorts of issues in life so recognizing that makes quite a difference in my life so I'm hoping by sharing this it might help some of you as well Okay, so what I'm doing is, again, I'm using this from the Centre for the Clinical Intervention, and this is their Unhelpful Thinking Styles page that you can find on their Resources tab. So when a person experiences an unhelpful emotion, e.g. depression or anxiety, it is usually preceded by a number of unhelpful self-statements or thoughts. Often there is a pattern to such thoughts, and we call these unhelpful thinking styles. One of these things that we have noticed is that people use unhelpful thinking styles as an automatic habit. It is something that happens out of our awareness. However, when a person consistently and constantly uses some of these styles of thinking, they can often cause themselves a great deal of emotional distress. The information sheet describes a number of unhelpful thinking styles. As you read through them, you may notice some thinking patterns or styles that you use consistently. Some of these styles may sound similar to one or another. They're not meant to be distinct categories, but to help you see if there's any kind of pattern to your thoughts. So I'm just going to read through this um, help sheet. But what I find really interesting is that sometimes when I first started looking into this, I hadn't really kind of cottoned on to the fact that there's like real habits with my thinking, that there's real kind of patterns of my response to stuff. Like I just felt like that's how it was. Like that's just how my, that's just how my, my take on the world was, that's what happened to me, that's, you know, that just felt real, like, it's not saying the thinking's not real, if that makes sense, it's saying, so it's recognising these thoughts, these unhelpful thinking styles, it's like saying that the person who doesn't ever turn your tap off completely, like, they only ever turn it, like, you know, if you've got a, like, a turn handle on your tap as opposed to, like, a little handle um so you have to turn it like they only turn it like eight out of ten turns that they need to turn it to turn it off so it always drips they're like well my tap always drips it's like yeah but you just if you turn it slightly more it will turn off and i recognized for myself that actually if i actually looked at my thinking and recognized that actually it wasn't that i failed at this thing it's just that i was putting in from a habit like an unhelpful thinking style of all or nothing and I felt like I had to get it completely right or I'd failed. It's like, well, actually, that was good enough. I mean, it didn't sit comfortably with me. I have to say, like changing your thinking styles takes a lot of work and it's generally quite uncomfortable. Uh, something to be really acknowledged. But I found it really opened up my life. It just brought so much more joy and just comfort and enjoyment because I didn't have so much negative emotion coursing through me so often because I wasn't feeding myself these negative thoughts, right? Or I was finding a healthier way to think about stuff. So what I'm going to do is uh, just read through the different options. We've got two, four, six, eight, ten different options here. And just have a think about, as I'm saying them, think, hey, how much does this, do I recognize this? Is this something that I think kind of happens for me? So the first one is mental filter. This thinking style's style involves filtering in and filtering out process. It's sort of like tunnel vision. 
focusing on only one part of a situation and ignoring the rest. Usually this means looking at the negative parts of a situation and forgetting the positive parts, and the whole picture is coloured by what may be a single negative detail. Now, as we're going through, I'm not, I might occasionally give you like a little tidbit, tidbit about um, some of the things that I've come across that people have used to kind of counteract that thinking. And that one, the filtering in and out, like so only focusing on the negative as a general rule is what people do. A lot of people, that's where they use gratitude or focusing on the positive. Like even if there's nothing good happened today, picture one little thing that was good. Like was your cup of coffee good this morning? Is the sun shining? Uh, did you manage to wake up without your alarm? Did you wake up with your alarm? Like, what is the one thing, right? And even if what it is is that today was really hard, but I get to go to bed now, like that was a good thing, right? Like it's finding the positive in that little moment can be a way of kind of counteracting a little bit. So the next one is jumping to conclusions. Some of these really hit home. Right, jumping to conclusions. We jump to conclusions when we assume that we know what someone else is thinking, which can be called mind reading. When we make predictions about what is going and when we make predictions about what is going to happen in the future, which is also predictive thinking. So those are it's kind of combining sort of three together. So jumping to conclusions. You just assume you know what's going to happen. Like you assume you know what the other person's thinking, or you assume you know the outcome of whatever's happening. And it's like, well, this happened, so therefore this is going to happen. There's no other concept, chance of it being anything else. And, or they've said this thing, so they must think this thing, therefore they feel this about me, and that's the only option. And quite often, it's, we don't think those things as a general rule in a happy and positive way. That is a really common one for like that whole kind of concept of everyone hates me and the world's out to get me. Um, when we're having really bad depression or our mental health is really down, it is really common to just feel like everything is bad and everything is dark. And I have been there and it's so hard. And it's recognizing that actually, is there some other options? And I always find for this particular one, I generally can't come up with a different thought myself. I have to ask other people around me, like, what would you think is happening if this happened or someone said this to you? What would you think their point of view is? Because... It's the only way I can start changing it when I'm in really bad space. The next one is personalization. This involves blaming yourself for everything that goes wrong or could go wrong, even when you may only be partially, partly responsible or not responsible at all. You may be taking 100% responsibility for the occurrences for external events. So um, one of the things that happens with personalization is people just feel like they it's kind of that, they, they they create their world, everything that they're doing, everything that's happening in the world is because of them uh, and like anything, that, especially anything that goes wrong. It's like, you know, we ran out of milk because we don't use, we use a Tetra pack and so you can't actually see in it and someone has to put it back in the fridge when it was empty and I didn't realize that it was empty. So it's obviously my fault for not realizing sooner not like taking the um all of the blame taking all of the responsibility from the person over the person who put it back empty right so it can be little things like that or really big stuff as well so catastrophizing now this is one that a lot of us will really recognize because this is quite often where our brains go something not great happens and we just our brain runs to the nth degree of how bad it could get right catastrophizing 
Catastrophizing occurs when we blow things out of proportion and when we view a situation as terrible, awful, dreadful and horrible, even though the reality is the problem itself might be quite small. Now that can be, um, it's a really big thing I find with anxiety and quite often with really low depression uh, because what happens is our brains just run away and make this horrible, it's what I call the world's worst home videos. It's like you get these kind of thoughts or like pictures in your head of like the worst outcome that could possibly happen. And I've done an exercise with someone one time about, so when I was experiencing really bad anxiety and we were talking about it and they're like, so what's, what's this really bad outcome that you think is going to happen? I started talking about what was in my head and pretty much it kind of got to that the world blows up and I spend the rest of my life floating through space and I'm alone and like everything's horrible. And they're like, how, how likely is that? I'm like, Oh, None of, none of that's likely, like the first two steps maybe, but the rest of it's not likely at all because <laughs> like, there was a very long chain of things. And they're like, so why why are you letting that take your thoughts? I'm like, because it's really big in my head and I can't change it. But that was before I learned catastrophizing. <laughs> and it's like, now I can start recognizing the catastrophizing thoughts. It's not that I stop them from happening, but I recognize that actually kind of how about I step back quite a few steps within the catastrophe and go, so what is actually happening right now? What is likely to happen next? And what can I do to have like a more positive outcome? Like I always use more positive, not positive, because sometimes when I'm in a really bad space, I can't see a positive and that's why my brain is catastrophizing. So I do a more positive, so which can end up being slightly neutral or even just still negative, but it's not as negative as my brain was kind of giving me. The next one is black and white thinking. This thinking style involves seeing only one extreme or the other. You may you are either wrong or right, good or bad, and so on. There's no in between. There's no in betweens, no shades of grey. And black and white thinking's very um, some people get really stuck in it, that there's only a right way to do things. Like your house has to be immaculately tidy at all times. You always have to have food to offer people. There's like very strict ways of interacting with people, um, codes of conduct. Uh, and it's really important to recognize when that's happening because what I find is that that's the black and white thinking is kind of sometimes I call the all or nothing, but it's that I find it's very much like that I have to, this is how it has to be if there's no there's no other option. And recognizing, well, is there another option? Is everyone on the planet having the same thought? Or am actually, that's what I'm doing right now, so maybe I could try a different way of doing it. Can't always change it, but I can acknowledge that's where the thought's coming from. The next one is shoulding and musting, which I've already talked a little bit about. Sometimes by saying I should or I must, you can put unreasonable demands or pressures on yourself and others. All those these statements are not always unhelpful. I.g., I should not get drunk, or not should I should not drink and then drive home. They can sometimes create unrealistic expectations. That's the one where, like, especially if you're doing the um, personalization, like where you're taking 100% responsibility. It's like I should be on top of everything. I must have it all dealt with and handle it all myself like if I don't have it taken care of it's all going to go horribly wrong uh, and also it's that thing of quite often this is one of the shoulds and musts can be a thing that stops us when we not doing our self-care because actually no but I can't stop and have a rest I can't do like a self-care action have a bath go for a walk 
do some adult coloring, have a nap, whatever, uh, because I should, I must be doing this. I should be doing this, right? And quite often the shoulds come from um, comparisons, like I should be achieving or doing all these things that I see other people doing. And especially if it's coming from people in media, sometimes it's just not reality at all for them either. So yeah. The next one is overgeneralization. When we overgeneralize, we take one instance of the past or the present and impose it on all current or future situations. If we say you always or everyone or I never, then we're probably overgeneralizing. Now, this is one that I find really hard to catch myself on, and I find it's easier when I'm actually talking out loud to someone that I can notice I'm doing it more because it's like, we have to, this must be, or you always, or this always happens, or that, you know, you always do. And so recognizing that that's kind of, it's an overgeneralization. It's like in this instant, so it's what I find in that precise moment is just to go, in this precise moment, like I just changed the wording, it may not be what I'm thinking, right? I might still be thinking the overgeneralization, but if I in the moment say out loud, in this moment I have noticed you have done, right, as opposed to you always do this. If nothing else, it gets that instance and that communication through a lot better and it generally doesn't start an argument and I kind of have a little bit of a win with the fact that I, my opinion, my, my point of view has got put across in a way that the other person can hear. And then labelling. We label ourselves and others when we make global statements based on behaviour and specific circumstances. We might use this label even though there are many more examples that aren't consistent with that label. And that's a really big one for ourselves, labeling ourselves uh, bad and wrong and like really negative things. I'm not going to say them out loud. Any of the negative things that we label ourselves with for having a mental health issue or not having a life where we want it to be, right? I know that I quite often when I'm not doing well, like the word so stupid, useless, I can't cope, just bad, wrong, dumb, right? They all come up. Like I get, I label myself with those and they're just reoccurring thoughts. And a lot of those are from what people have said to me when I was growing up and I've just taken those on and that's just a reoccurring thing. But it's the label, like I, I, I labeled myself when at a certain point in my life that, you know, I just couldn't cope. I labeled that un, unable to do, right? And I just, that keeps coming up sometimes. So it's recognizing that that's a label. It's not who I am. It's not what I'm capable of. And I can take that label off like it's a sticker. So yeah. Emotional reasoning. This thinking style involves basing your view of situations or yourself on the way you are feeling. For example, the only evidence that something is bad is going to happen is that you feel like something bad is going to happen. Now, I found this one a little hard when I first heard it because I was so... I was I was just living in emotional reasoning. I was just all emotions all the time. And that's how I recognized what was happening in the world is like whether or not I felt good or bad. And if my emotions were positive or negative, that's what told me if what positive or negative thing was happening. And man, it took a little while to actually recognize the amount of time that there was actually other stuff going on. And my emotional response sometimes was not directly related to what was happening around me. And so that took a lot to actually kind of start moving, but was so powerful when I was able to recognize it and do that. So magnification and minimization. 
In this thinking style, you magnify the possible the positive attributes of other people and minimize your own positive attributes. It is as though you're explaining away your own positive characteristics. Now, how I describe this to someone is it's like you are comparing someone's highlight reel, like their their teaser trailer for a movie. Like if their life was if all our lives were a movie, you're comparing their teaser trailer with your background expose, right? Like behind the scenes expose. Like they have a one like 30 second one minute trailer that's all the high points and you're comparing that to your two hour nitty gritty behind the scenes like expose documentary right because we live our lives we think our thoughts we hear everything that's going on we know what we were aiming to do and what we didn't manage and so we judge ourselves on that and we compare it to what we see other people achieving and we go hey this is all shiny and wonderful and I haven't done that so therefore I'm shit in comparison to them like I'm not good in comparison to them but actually we're only we kind of over positiving their what's happening for them and we're really negative ourselves right and so just recognizing that and I found once I could start thinking and find your own analogy if you don't like the the movie one once I started doing that I went oh you know what it's like if you go to a theater like if you go to a play if you're in the audience it looks amazing like everyone looks bright and cheerful if you go behind the scenes you can see the back of the 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 props and stuff which are just generally pieces of um, wood that have like like but other bits of wood holding them up and like the paint's only on the front so the back's like not pretty at all and you can get really close to the actors and you see they've got so much makeup on they look kind of weird but when you're actually on stage from a distance the makeup works perfectly and it's like don't compare yourself the back of like the back of stage to what the audience is seeing you see the back of stage because you're living your life you're the one thinking your thoughts you're the one living your life no one else is there for you and that way you don't get to be in someone else's head in the same way so it's give yourself the grace that you're actually everyone else is living their own back of stage and actually maybe we don't compare ourselves but sometimes all these negative thoughts come up and it's really really hard to like know what to do next and I think one of the things that's really great is having someone to talk to and so what I'm going to do now is a regular series of support lines because if you don't have anyone close to you right now that you want to reach out and chat to, you'll know where to reach out to. So grab a pen and paper and write some of these down. So the first support line that I want to give you is 1737. Now that's pretty much what it's called, so need to talk. 1737. It's a free call or text service and it's available 24 7, um, so 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you'll get to talk or text with a trained counsellor and this service is completely free so if you're feeling anxious or um, run down depressed needing to talk to someone give them a call or give them a text 1737 the next number I want to give you is the crisis assessment team or CAT team and their number is 0800 50 50 50 so that's assistance for people who are in crisis in the Waikato DHB region so they're a crisis assessment team they're part of the community mental health um, so they are kind of like right up there with when things are going really really wrong it's very urgent care is needed um, around mental health so that number again is 0800 50 50 50 
The next number I want to give you is Lifeline. So Lifeline is an amazing service. It's a 24-hour telephone support service available for anyone needing emotional support. So 24-7, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now their number is 800 543-354 and they have trained counsellors and just amazing people that you can have a talk to no matter what time of day it is. The next number I want to give you is the Depression Helpline. Now the Depression Helpline is related to depression.org.nz. Um, you may have seen some of their ads around like the, um, with John Kewin. They have a whole lot of videos on the online service but this is the phone line service. So Depression Helpline 0800 111-757. Now, the, the other, if you just have someone, you need someone safe to talk to, they're available from 8 a.m. in the morning to midnight. And they're a really great service, just someone calm and like gentle to talk to about whatever's going on for you. Now, the next number I've got for you is not a mental health support line. It's actually the health line. So it's health information service for all the family, and it's staffed by registered nurses who will give information and advice. I have used this line. It's for general health, medical, um, medical health, physical health, and it's really amazing because sometimes when things are going wrong with your body, you don't know what's happening. You're not sure if we need to go the ambulance route or you need to go to the hospital. They're trained nurses, so they will actually ask you a bunch of questions. You can answer them, and they'll let you know what you need to do, and it's a huge relief. So the Healthline number is 0800 611 and that's available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The next number I want to give you is the Suicide Prevention Helpline. Now, this is support, information and resources to people who are at risk of suicide and or the family of family or whānau and friends supporting them. Now, it's available from midday to midnight and their number is 0508 Tōtoko, which is 0508 828 Now, the next number I want to give you is the Shine Confidential Helpline. And the Shine Confidential Helpline specialises in domestic violence to help keep people safe from abuse. So their number is 0508744633. And the last number that I want to give you is I want to give you the outline. Now this is a gay and lesbian outline New Zealand. So it's support for people, um, gay and lesbian people, people um, who want to have someone to talk to about whatever's going on around that because quite often we need a bit of extra support and when you're not getting that support that can definitely lead to mental health stuff. So this is a really great line. Um, so the outline, their number is 0800 Now don't stress if you missed any of those support lines. As I said, I play that every single show of Fighting Stigma. So if you missed writing any of those down, Come back and listen again for Fighting Stigma on Free FM 89.0 next Thursday at midday. Um, we also replay at 5.30am on Friday and Sunday 3.30pm. Uh, and also you can find us on Spotify. Um, check out your favourite podcast place. Um, I know the Apple Podcast has it. Uh, we're on Spotify. That's one of my kind of high points that you can find Fighting Stigma on Hot on Spotify, but um, also find the Free FM website, so freefm.org.nz, 
and just have a look and have a listen and see if any of those are really helpful. And there's also quite a few different episodes in there as well. But hopefully this is giving you a few thoughts to get started on the thinking and feeling kind of stuff. And like have a think about for the next week, like, you know, recognize those negative thoughts that come up. And next week we're going to talk about analyzing your thinking. But from us all here, take care. At Progress to Health, we provide a range of support for those who have experienced mental illness. People who have dealt with mental illness and associated disabilities are supported holistically to maximise their potential. We want to empower your journey to recovery. Check out our website, www.progresstohealth.org.nz or call us free on 0800 77 57 57. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.